Chapter thirty eight of Carpenter's Geographical Reader Africa by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Through German East Africa to the Indian Ocean. We have left the Congo and come across country to the western shore of Lake Tanganyika. We have crossed that lake to Ujiji, a great market town on the eastern side of the lake and we shall now go on foot through german east africa to the indian ocean we might take the railroad from ujiji to dar es salaam on the coast that road was completed in nineteen fourteen but we want to study the country and people and shall go in the old-fashioned african way by caravan upon foot german east africa where we now are is the most valuable of the german territories on this continent it is about twice as large as germany in europe along its western border runs the huge trough in which the great lakes of africa lie at the north is victoria which we have already explored on the west is lake tanganyika the longest freshwater lake of the world and on the north lake nyasa almost as long lakes nyasa and tanganyika have steamers upon them they are very deep and are more like mighty rivers than lakes being bounded by mountains with steep shores tanganyika was long supposed to have no outlet but we now know that it flows at times into the congo through a gap in its western wall the waters of nyasa flow off into the river shire a tributary of the zambezi so that we could go southward to that lake and thence by boat to the ocean through the portuguese possessions the greater part of german east africa is a high and comparatively healthful plateau there is a low plain bordering the ocean but back of this the land rises opening out into woods and almost sterile plains covered with grass or bush there are many wild animals upon the plateau including elephants lions giraffes and antelopes there are also ostriches which furnish feathers for export german east africa is fairly well populated we shall find villages all along our route from ujiji to the coast and we learn that there are many different tribes in the several parts of the country the people are more intelligent than those we met on the congo in the north they have little farms and herds of cattle and sheep their villages are often surrounded by mud walls or stockades of posts there is sometimes a moat outside the walls and commonly a place in the centre where the cattle are kept at night the huts are sometimes round and sometimes square but they are all small and made of mud or wood thatched with leaves or grass many of the people keep their animals with them in their dwellings goats sheep chickens ducks men women and children living together the natives dress according to the tribes to which they belong some have clothes of skins some wear aprons of bark and some have only a fringe of grass about their waists all are fond of jewelry and many wear great rings of copper brass or iron upon their necks wrists or legs they have odd ways of dressing the hair and nearly all wear a thick coat of grease on their bodies and heads some of these people raise maize sugar-cane tobacco and manioc nearly every village has bananas growing about it and some have little granaries where millet corn and other things are put to be kept from the animals 
some of the people have bees and nearly every one has chickens the natives are good blacksmiths smelting and hammering out spears knives bells and rude axes and hoes some of the tribes between lake tanganyika and the indian ocean are traders they make a regular business of carrying the native products across the country to exchange them for european goods which they bring back to sell ujiji where we now are is one of the chief market stations it lies at the western end of the great trade route which begins at bagamoyo on the sea-coast opposite zanzibar where for many years the ivory of central africa has been carried on the heads of porters to be sold to european traders it is over this trade route that we make our way in a long single file now we stop at a village and now camp out at night in the wilds we visit tabora a native trading town where many roads cross and stay a while at mpawa another thriving station in the eastern part of the plateau there are german officers at both places and they aid us on our way to the coast finally we reach bagamoyo where we find a number of europeans and feel more at home than we have since we left boma at the mouth of the congo it is still more homelike at dar es salaam situated a little farther down the coast on a beautiful bay dar es salaam is the capital of german east africa a few years ago when the germans took possession of the country it was but a village of thatched huts it is now a thriving little city with public buildings large warehouses and scores of native shops kept by turbaned arabs and queerly clad hindus who have come over from zanzibar we stroll along the wide street which borders the harbor watching the loading and unloading of the great ocean vessels at anchor in the bay the steamers are taking on ivory rubber coffee and other native products for shipment to europe and discharging cotton goods from america germany and england to be sent by railroad and caravan to the interior as we watch another steamer comes in from the south and we notice that dar es salaam already has considerable trade its harbor is excellent railroads are building to the interior and the germans are doing all they can to make it an important port later we stroll about visiting the quarters where the natives live the men have strips of cotton about their waists which fall to their knees some wear long shirts and others have gowns and turbans or caps the women are dressed in bright colored cottons but they are all bareheaded bare-armed and barefooted we next go out to see the experimental farms and cotton plantations which the germans have established in the country nearby returning we call upon the governor at his residence situated in a beautiful garden filled with tropical plants and trees from him and his officials we learn much about the parts of the country we have not been able to visit they tell us that they are rapidly exploring their territory that schools are being established in many parts of the country that telegraph lines have been constructed to lake tanganyika and lake victoria and that railroads like that from here to lake tanganyika will sometime be built all over the country they show us where a road will soon be constructed from tabora to lake victoria and describe the northern part of the colony through which a railroad now goes from tanga on the indian ocean the latter road is not far from mount kilimanjaro 
and we wonder whether this the greatest mountain of africa may not like the alps sometime be accessible by railroad a german explorer has already ascended it and has given the world an account of its wonders kilimanjaro lies on the northern border of german east africa halfway between lake victoria and the indian ocean it is only a few miles south of the equator but its top is so high that it is always covered with snow the natives who live in the tropical lowlands where snow never falls cannot understand what the white peak means it is said that they suppose that the mountain is capped with molten silver and that if they could climb to the top they might bring back a store of that precious metal kilimanjaro is one of the highest of the world's mighty mountains it ends in two peaks one of which is almost four miles above the level of the indian ocean the two peaks as viewed from a distance look like a saddle the taller one known as kibo rising far above the other each peak is a great crater kibo being six hundred feet deep and more than a mile in circumference the soil about these craters is composed of lava and rock and farther down the mountain the lava can be plainly seen the lower slopes are covered with a rich vegetation the trees at the bottom are bound together with vines forming a jungle in which are many orchids and other air plants higher up the forests are more open there are groves and grasslands higher still the vegetation grows scantier and scantier until at last there is nothing but lava and snow the country about kilimanjaro is well populated the natives are dark brown in color they belong to the bantu races being divided up into many tribes each having its own chief or sultan they are more civilized than the natives we meet on the congo in some tribes the older people wear clothes dressing in white cottons and gay colored calicoes they are fond of jewelry and the women wear heavy necklaces and anklets of copper or iron wire the babies go naked and little boys have seldom more than an apron these people cultivate the soil having patches of grain surrounded by hedges some of their farms are irrigated from the streams which flow down the mountain the villages are composed of huts which look like haystacks each house has its own little granary outside it and nearly every family owns a patch of bananas End of chapter thirty eight